So here we are on episode 11 of Nerdables. This is our Comic-Con wrap-up. Uh, it's funny, though. I was listening to the episode just a few minutes ago and realized that since my nasal surgery, my voice has changed. And it was either that or the painkillers I've been taking. So uh, it was really weird for me to listen to this episode. But it works out, I guess. So... Uh, yeah, here you go. Get Episode 11 of Nerdables. Enjoy. Welcome to Nerdables. It's been two weeks since we've been on the air, and we've got plenty to talk about this week. Once again, I am R.A. Rain, joined with Ethan Benjamin, and via Nerdable Satellite One, we have Travis Jones joining us. Uh, what's I, up, guys? Uh, hello. Uh, hey, what's up? What's the uh-uh-uh-uh-uh uh, 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 for, Travis? Uh, I it's it's our Nerdables One satellite. <laughs> Nerdables One satellite. The satellite feed doesn't work. No, I'm good. Good, good, because right, you know those sun flares are starting to get really bad right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, that is true. <laughs> so, does anyone know what happened last week that we are just now a week out of? I think it was something I, called Comic Con. Is that what uh, Wait, was that the thing with all the uh, people sweating a lot and smelling bad in a giant convention center? Yes, and you know, since I just had my nasal surgery, it was a peachy keen little idea to go down there. Nice, yeah. yeah. So you got to smell Comic Con for the first <sighs> time, dude. So, any listeners out there, the reason we've been on a two week hiatus is because I had a sinus surgery where I had polyps and cysts removed from my sinus cavities. And then last week we had Comic-Con. So we are now back up and running. But yes, going to Comic-Con just after getting splints out of my nose, being able to suck in air through my nose for the first time in probably two years, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. <laughs> By day yep. three, you could tell the people that had not gotten a hotel room that just stood in line for Hall H. And that's all they do. You know, they they go to Hall H, and then they go to bed at night, st- still in line at Hall H. Oh, that sucks, because I had to wait uh, two hours after everything at Hall H and then just watched it online. I don't even think it was that long, because, you know, when I was on the floor at one point, you were tweeting me things, and Ethan was text messaging me things that were going on that I hadn't even learned about, and the panel hadn't even let out yet. Yep. I'm just that good. Yeah. Well, you know, the internet's just that fast. Well, you know, it's funny. Is um, last year I was sitting in a panel and Seth Green was. uh, It was a Marvel panel, and Seth Green had you know done one of his uh, his panel. You know, I'm going to show up and end up taking over the panel because I'm just that cool, which he is, by the way. Um, But he's sitting there on the panel, and somebody tweeted something, and you know, he's just sitting there with his phone, and literally, you know, he looks up and goes. Um, we just announced that, and the words hadn't even come out of my mouth completely, and there's a tweet already about it. <laughs> so that's the way that's why Comic Con is now. You know, if you're not there, you're not missing out on any of the news. You know, it's like I know well, that it's not like you're not missing out. You're you can still access the news. You can access the news. You still have the potential to get a lot of the exclusive collectibles. 
It's just you're going to miss the smell, the ambiance, you know, some of the other little things that are, you know, about being at Comic-Con. You know, it, it, Comic-Con is no longer about showing up and just finding that rare comic you've been looking for for, you know, years. It hasn't been that way for like six, seven years now. Yeah, it's been, I mean, Comic-Con is no longer a comic book convention. It is a pop culture meetup. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been a comic book convention in a very long time. Well, I think one of the last times was when we all went in 07. That was one of the last times you could literally walk up and buy a ticket at the gate. And you know, and that was the, actually the first time it sold out. One day sold out. And that was the Saturday that sold out while we were still there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Comic-Con has changed so much now. It, it's It's becoming, you know, for Hollywood, it is the place to announce whatever the new big movie or TV show you want to put out is, you know, where, yeah, where it's, it's going to be. It's where to generate all the buzz and all the uh, news about that leak, that first picture or that first poster or that first uh, trailer footage. Well, and, you know, yeah, even, uh, even some of the comic book companies. Like last week before Comic-Con started, DC made the big announcement that Harley Quinn was going to get her own book. And right. this, this was a you know a really big announcement for them that they could have or would have usually saved for Comic Con, but because they want you to go to their panel, there you know instead of something else, which is another thing. Th- this year, I I didn't get to go to half the panels that I used to go to because they were stacked on top of each other. You know, I missed going to the IDW panel. I missed a couple DC panels, all because everything was stacked on top of each other. Right. Well, and that's what it's turned into. There's so much going on. There's so many things hitting that. And it it really is the, let's be honest, it's the Hollywood takeover of Comic-Con. Because I can remember back in the day, the the big things about Comic-Con was you'd get a few movies. There'd be a, a couple really cool things to see about, like, the Hollywood stuff or movies or film or television. But mostly the buzz would be around some brand new comic book or some huge event in the Marvel or DC universe. It would be something like, you know, I mean, as a reference, it would be something like Secret Invasion and Marvel's going to be announcing some gigantic cataclysmic thing for the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And then there would be... We know that Warner Brothers is going to do something really cool, but we don't know what it is. And then it would come out and it would be like, oh, they're going to do a new Batman film. And so there would be this mystery around some Hollywood thing, but there would be a buzz and and a... a click about all the stuff that's going on with the comic books. Nowadays, when you go down there, it's almost as if all the comic book stuff is just subcategories and Hollywood has taken over so much that all the news and all the buzz and all the stuff that people want to hear about, you know, I, I, you have to go online and really search for the Marvel's Cup of Joe panel or the Marvel's comic books panel or the DC comic book panel, mm-hmm. whereas plastered all over the universe is the Marvel film universe panel and and Joss Whedon and the stuff going on with Chris Nolan and Zack Snyder and all these different things that are big, 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 big news because the media is more of the film and television variety than the comic book variety. Right. Well, I, let's, I mean, let's get straight. You know, Hollywood has been in Comic-Con for years. I mean, hell, Star Wars you know, the original Star Wars was first shown at Comic-Con because that was what George Lucas realized was the core audience. But since 
all of it, since now the majority of films that come out are based on comic books, are superheroes, are based on, you know, novels that are genre related. That's where, you know, Hollywood said, wait a minute, we got a gold mine here where we're going to show this to, you know, at that time, 25,000 plus, you know, and we can get it shown all at once and get it out there. But now it's gotten to be ridiculous because now you're having, you know, How I Met Your Mother, you know, as a as a panel, which, you know, I get How I Met Your Mother does have some, you know, geeky, nerdy qualities to it. I mean, Barney and, you know, they, they do talk about some nerdy stuff. Yeah, but the, I mean, let's to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, I do watch How I Met Your Mother, but I would not ever put it in a category of something that would be at a Comic Con convention. Exactly, and that was my point. You know, you, um, good luck. I mean, Chuck. Fa- Family Guy shows up, and I know Family Guy has a lot of people that love it at at the con, and it's the right audience for it. But you know, barring their Star Wars episodes, I know they throw stuff in here and there. But by and large, it, it's not anything that's centered around comic books or anything like that. Right. So, well, good luck, Chuck. You know the the Jessica Alba movie uh, several years ago, that really bad one, first premiered at Comic Con. Yeah, which made no sense right. whatsoever, other like, than Jessica Alba. Right. You know why we don't need to have all of this stuff there. To me, when I was walking down Artist Alley this year, Artist Alley seemed to be a half the size that it that it has been. There right. was, it seemed like there were a lot less artists there. You know, you couldn't buy as many prints. You didn't get to to speak to as many artists as you as you usually do. But the you know the the whole Warner Brothers, Fox, all of, you know those type are gotten very big. BBC America has been in the same spot for six years, and the line to get into their booth because their booth is. It, it, it's a tiny, you know, it, it's probably as big as my living room, which was, or smaller than my living room, I should say, which is probably about, I don't know, what, 500 square feet? Okay. You but know, you're it, talking about Torchwood and Doctor Who you're and talking, all that stuff. Right. Being the 50th anniversary. But I, I, you know, I talked to the people at BBC America and they said, we have been trying, we've been here six years and we've been trying to get a bigger lo- spot for the last five years. And because until one of the big guys moves or shrinks down or decides they're not coming, we don't get a new booth. And they literally, we when my wife went to get in line through there, she got told four times that the line had been capped off. And there were probably about 400 people in that line each time right. that she got capped off. Yep. Yeah. The Unfortunately, the con has gotten so big that there's lines everywhere. I mean, people will, you'll be standing in line and people will walk up to you. What's this line for? You know, it's like, well, why? You just want to get into a line? You know, does it, you know, you don't know what this line's for by well, now? You even said that preview night this year was uh, a lot more crowded. Preview than night was ridiculous. Preview night, I swear there were just as many people on the floor on preview night as there were Saturday evening. And, wow. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I honestly think that within the next couple of years, you're no longer going to have a preview night. You're going to have a badge check-in about noon or something, and then the floor is just going to be open because it, there's just it's there's no point in having preview night anymore. You know, when you go buy your badges, the majority of the badges that are going out now because they want that you know extra money is for four day pass with preview night. Right. You know, you you're seeing a lot less single day badges anymore. That's amazing. 
the the other thing that I noticed this year, and I, it seemed to be a lot more prominent than in past years, is I've seen a lot more families, and not just you know not just on the floor, but going to panels. Like I went to the uh, the Dark Horse Star Wars Here and Now panel, and I think that it was because it, it may have been because it was just labeled Star Wars Here and Now. Everybody's thinking, oh, it's going to be about the new, new movies, movie. new movies. Right. They didn't read on that said you know this is Dark Horse Comics, you know the comics Here and Now. I saw probably about nine or ten families in there. And we're talking mom, dad, you know, 2.1 children, you know, the whole nine yards. No, and I, I think that's more of like uh, a lot more kids nowadays are getting more interested in stuff like comic books because they are seeing these movies. They are like watching a Iron Man. And well, right now we're in the era of superhero movies. The It used to be big blockbuster movies were... Action stars, action heroes. Right. Uh, there was a time that it was all science fiction, always science fiction, sci-fi. And there was a time that it was always westerns. Big, huge, uh, sweeping westerns were mm-hmm. the action hero movies of a certain time period. So as of right now, we are in the era of having superhero movies as the big blockbuster gigantic action films. And that's what people are overwhelmingly seeing as the big summer movies when all families on vacation go out to movies together. So the that nerds, being the case, the they're nerds, drawing all those people in. The nerds have inherited the earth. Just think about it. I know when I was in school, if I wore a Star Wars T-shirt or if I wore a you know a Marvel T-shirt or whatnot, I got made fun of. You know, it, it was a totally different time. That but that was like sixty years ago, right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it, it was totally different. You you didn't have conversations about who's better, Spider-Man or Batman. You know, you didn't have people talking about in November. Oh my God, can you believe that there's a new Batman movie coming out? I can't wait to go see that Batman movie. Or the Avengers movie was so cool. You didn't have that then. Yeah, because you know, the times have changed. Obviously, I mean, it, you're seeing them more often today than you are maybe twenty, thirty years ago. But um, now, I mean, you didn't see you know, hot chicks reading comic books. Well, yeah. Now, now you walk into a comic book store you and just you still don't attention. see. No, there you weren't. You still don't <laughs> see hot chicks in the comic book you store. You do. You do sometimes. I, I've Maybe seen. One out of a thousand, I would say. Comic-Con, you see so many hot chicks that aren't just dressing up in cosplay, that aren't just booth babes, that are there because they have a, a genre or they have a, you know, a certain niche that they really like. They, they're like comic books they like the you know collecting toys or whatever it's different now i mean i you know i i agree and i disagree i disagree in the fact that i just i just think that uh it was less accepted at a certain point, and so you didn't see as many of all the walks of life reading books, whether they be hot chicks or not. But they were still around. I just think they weren't as present as they are. But they were still there. They were in the nerd uh, closet I, or the locker. Uh, I think as opposed to now, whereas now you have everyone feels like – it doesn't matter who's where, when, why, so they get to do what they want. And this is also advancement of society. There's a whole different, like this, I mean, this goes to a much larger scale discussion. But beyond that, uh, I think we're pulling in now more fair weather fans. I think we're pulling in now more people that are just interested in the the scope of what it is because of the popularity of it. So I think now you're getting not only the core fans, the fans that might have been closet fans, but now 
also all kinds of other walks of life. Well, what's funny is the core fans are starting to feel shunned. You know, it's it's so funny is because they're starting to be, and I guess I'm kind of one of them. You know, but not uh, not to the degree of I'm upset that you know the hipsters and uh, you know the Fairweather fans are now invading my turf, as it were. I'm you know I, I'm kind of glad. You know, I think it, 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 when I can sit down and you know my wife sees a Mary Jane from Spider Man statue and says, "That's what I want." I'm like, "That's cool." I want that one too. The picture you sent me is amazing. <laughs> Well, we uh, you can pre-order it now. Yeah, I don't have the money for it right now. Sideshow <laughs> has well, Sideshow <laughs> has a thing right now where you can set it up as a payment plan, and the first payment doesn't come out till November. Oh, that's pretty cool. Anyways, so it. that was one of the things that got shown at Comic Con, and you know they just put it on the website. Um, no, but <laughs> Comic Con has changed. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's an ever-evolving beast. You know it. It's so funny that the way it, it, it's changed, though, because you do. You have you have these families now that are showing up and saying, hey, this is where we want to go for our vacation. We're not going to go to Disney World or Disneyland or anything. We want to go to Comic-Con. It's something different, and I think it's a lot of people are looking for new venues to of like entertainment nowadays. Because, I mean, for me, for example, the whole reason I got back into comic books was I was just tired of, you know, what was coming out with movies. Badly scripted television shows. That too. And so I was like, well, you know, might as well go ahead and uh, start reading comic books again, you know, finding them, you know, finding some good ones cheap. And then that also just like dragged me back into it. And yeah, I I see myself reading them a lot more than I would say maybe like 10, 15 years ago. So, okay, obviously, you know, Travis and Ethan, you both didn't get to go to this year's show. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> but you you were finding out all the details easily easily what was probably and we'll get each of you to do it individually what was probably the biggest announcement that you guys saw there were two and it came from the two big companies and it pretty much trumps every other announcement at the thing and I would say the one that overwhelmed everything beyond all else was Zack Snyder announcing Superman, Batman. Yes. That was by far the thing that blew up the internet and blew up the world. And my email inbox and everything else <laughs> was just an explosion of Superman, Batman. What storyline are they doing? How are they going to do it? Is he Batman going to like Superman? Are they going to team up or are they going to go against each other? Who's right. going to play Batman? And, and uh, for those of you who don't know, he had uh, one of the actors from Man of Steel come out and read a passage from, I believe, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Right. And it's the passage where uh, Bruce is telling Clark, uh, you know, he has his hand wrapped around his throat and he mm-hmm. tells him to remember that feeling, to remember that. Remember the one. Uh, who, remember that moment. Who uh, so like that. yeah. that's obviously a very Superman versus Batman moment. Yeah. So everyone started exploding, going, "Oh my God, the next one's going to be them fighting each other!" But and he go, and then Zack Snyder also said to the panel, "This was just the kindling that started the fire. That was mm-hmm. just the spark that made him know that he had to do Superman, Batman." He said, "In no way is that the storyline they're doing." So nobody knows if they're going to do World's Finest. Nobody knows what else they're going to do. But easily the biggest thing that was the hugest rumor mill was Superman, Batman. Which was obviously, I mean, it, 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 D- 
DC and slash Warner Brothers has been saying since Marvel had initially started their Avengers initiative through their films that right. they wanted a Justice League film. Right. This is the very first step in that. This is a step towards it. Well, but uh, here's my you know we can we can do a segment later talking about uh, you know things that were a disappointment th- or that missed. The other thing was uh, you know there was there was a buzz going around before Snyder's panel that uh, there might be a chance somehow there was a murmuring that there might be a Superman Batman thing, but the other expectation that was almost a given from all the news agencies out there was that there was also going to be a flash film announced for 2016 mm-hmm. and officially announcing the justice league for 2017. And neither of those happened. Right. So, uh, but the other, the other gigantic news was Avengers Two: age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which was also a massive, massive inbox flutter for, for my account. Uh, just because, because everybody was like, okay, so I guess that means that Ant-Man, the movie Ant-Man is now going to be all about Hank Pym and him making Ultron. And then it's going to be, an, and then they're like, oh, wait, no, Avengers awesome. 2 is coming out before Ant-Man is coming out. So how are they going to, are they just taking Ultron from uh, uh, Hank Pym and how is this going to work? And da, da, da. And then slowly, you know, the rumor mill turned into actual news and Joss Whedon did some Q&As and it turns out that Ultron is not going to be coming from Hank Pym, which everybody's like, wait, what? I think this is a big mistake. I think this is a perfect way to introduce Hank Pym. You know, well, they so want they want to do the Ant Man movie, so why keep not? Keep in mind, keep in mind, there's two different uh, there's two different Ant Men. That is true. That is very true. So mm-hmm. they could very well be going with the uh, Agent of Shield. But you know? Hank Pym is the one who created Ultron. But also, who's to say that they're not going to do something in the beginning of the movie to kind of, I guess. Well, who, who's who's to say that's, that that Wheaton isn't going to throw a swerve at us right now and say, no, it's not Pim, and then go back and say, hey, you know what? It could all be lies. It right. could all be dirty, yeah. dirty lies. Um, going back to the Batman-Superman movie real quick. Do you think, because they're wanting this to come out in 2015, which is already such a heavy, heavy year. I mean, you're talking Disney alone has three movies that are going to potentially make them close to $3 billion. Do you honestly think that a Superman-Batman movie is going to fit into that world and not get overlooked or just get run down? I think with the success of Man of Steel this year and the uh, much amount of interest that this film has behind it, I would say there's a lot of people who are willing Man to Man of Steel did good. It didn't beat Iron Man 3. And, but it did a lot better than expected. It did it better than yeah, expected, so but it's still them, it's there were so there were still so many bad reviews on it. But that this film, uh, yeah, there were very 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 mixed reviews on Man of Steel, and uh, you know it was a polarizing film as to whether you agreed or disagreed with how they approached the character and played out the storyline. But uh, Iron Man three uh, just destroyed everything uh, all year, and Iron Man three was, was not a there, good movie. The, uh, but there was a large buzz coming into Man of Steel after Avengers had done its damage, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, after Iron Man three had done its uh, damage. Everybody was like, "Well, wait, if that that did that, what's the potential for Man of Steel? Is it going to do poorly because, you know, Henry Cavill isn't quite known, and we mm-hmm. don't know what to see what what this movie is going to be like, or is this going to explode like that one?" And uh, 
Uh, I honestly believe that Iron Man 3 helped to propel Man of Steel a little bit more. Right. But see, you know, the other thing about the Batman Superman movie is you're not going to have Christian Bale. There, which, yeah, they're going to have to recast Batman. Which There's everybody, no you know, and if if everybody, you know, everybody's going to be wanting or expecting, you know, him to be in it. Mainstream, that is. Mainstream that doesn't catch all the internet buzz, mm-hmm. that doesn't, you know, listen to our podcast, listen to the other podcast. Shame on them. Right. But they're, you know, they're going to be expecting the same style of Batman that they just had. And now they're going to get something else, which is going to be a little bit more cartoonish. You know, it's well, going it's going to be, be interesting to see where they go with it because, I mean, if you look at the Man of Steel film, it, it is a, an extremely serious take on Superman. It isn't a right. four-color comic style. It's very serious in the tone. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it because uh, you could you could fit the Nolan Batman into the Superman universe. It would mm-hmm. it would be a good way to to introduce it because yes it, you know the Superman movie the Man of Steel is a little bit more comic bookish than the Dark Knights you know it, it does have because you're on you're on Krypton you know you're talking with somebody that is an alien you know that is in, indestructible basically right and you know so that does have more of a comic book superhero feel to it than what the Dark Knight trilogy had. Mm-hmm. Because the Dark Knight trilogy, you could take away the Batman costume and some of the little elements, and it could be a detective crimes crime story, especially the Dark Knight movie. Yeah, you know, so you're talking about, you know, not necessarily shoehorning it into it because you know the 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 Snyder, you know, Man of Steel did have more of that Dark Knight feel to it than say trying to fit it into you know Spider Man or something. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if in a summer where you're already talking, you know, Avengers 2, Star Wars 7, Pirates 5, um, isn't there a, there's a um, uh, Pixar movie. There's something else coming out that summer, too. That uh, are we talking about just like 2015? Just 2015. Yeah, 2015 is going to be uh, insanity. Yeah. It's going, and that's what I'm saying is you're you're having such big movies, big anticipated movies, before the 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 Batman Superman movie comes out. That is it just going to get lost in the mix? My opinion is no. I think that there's enough buzz and generated about this movie that people are still going to want to go and see it, even the people that aren't uh, you know big on like the actual comic series. They know Batman from the Dark Knight series now, and they know Man of Steel from the the movie that came but out. But that's what I'm saying is it's going to be a little bit different. It is going to be a little bit different, and most people, I mean, if they don't know that, obviously they'll find out about it later when they find out who's going to be playing Batman and and so on and so forth. It is going to be different than what uh, has been released previ- uh, previously, but I still think that there's enough uh, buzz generated to want to do this movie or to go and see this movie. Now, if they put Joseph Gordon-Levy in it, it does tie it into the Batman, and it will be a little bit more acceptable. I think that way. I I think that's the only way it's going to really work well. Mm-hmm. So, so then you point. end up having Robin as Batman, 
Right, you won't you just for you know, your Justice League movies. You just continue it it's on. Not Bruce Wayne. You just yeah, you mm-hmm. just continue it on from you know the Dark Knight trilogy. You don't erase what that was. You don't try to reboot that. You just continue it on and you accept. Because one of the things that I was talking with somebody was that in the Superman Batman movie, it, if you're going to put in a new Batman with somebody that's t- completely new, you don't want to show them as Bruce Wayne too much. You want it to be Batman. You don't want it. To, you know. You you need to have the separation of Bruce Wayne and Batman for this film, and that way it'll be a little bit more accepted as well. But you know what? We have another what year and a half before we're really going to be able to get into this movie and dissect it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Avengers two, Age of Ultron. Everybody's expecting Thanos. So it looks like that the Guardians of the Galaxy is going to wrap up the Thanos storyline then. So the question then becomes, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but the question then becomes is if you don't have Hank Pym creating Ultron and possibly Scott Lang is the Ant-Man in the Ant-Man movie, which uh, Scott Lang is a character that's the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that takes on the Ant-Man mantle. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's passed off by, from Hank Pym. So if we do it that way, and Joss Whedon has mentioned that uh, it's not going to be Hank Pym inventing Ultron. And you actually saw in this uh, little preview from what was shown at Comic-Con, which this is, a, this is a difference between being at Comic-Con and being at home, is I watched the entire Marvel Film Universe panel one hour after it happened live in San Diego on the Internet. But every time we got to a point where there would be some kind of film footage, it was cut. Which, since you mentioned that real quick, let me, before you get back into uh, Age of Ultron, let me just say, I think that's how that needs to be, uh, Hall H needs to be handled. I, and I was saying this when I was at Comic-Con. They need to have some kind of closed-circuit TV going on that every time, it, you know, and, and just cut out the footage. If you're, if you're worried about somebody stealing the footage or ha- leaking the footage online, you just show the panel and don't show the, the actual footage. Right. And that way, you'll get you know the people that want to know the information. Like I could care less, you know, about seeing the footage. You know, I'd like to see the footage just because I, you know, I have a problem waiting. But I don't. It's not necessarily so much as finding out the information that's going on. You know, seeing seeing Karen Gillian remove her wig, you know, was something really cool to see. Right. Which yeah. I saw. Yeah, which, you know, and I, I saw the footage. She comes out with her wig on, and she's, you know, doing her all introduction and everything. And then she does this reveal. And, and for those of you who don't know, Karen Gillian played Amy Pond on Doctor Who, and she has this striking red hair. You know, yes. she's, she's a very, very, very attractive woman. And she is playing Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy, who is bald. And she takes off her wig and then throws it into the crowd by mistake. Just part of the yeah, excitement. Yeah, you're never getting that back. Yeah, which she did manage she to did, get it yeah, back. Yeah, she actually did get it back. She got lucky to get it back, but, you know, I have a feeling there was some big security guards standing over that person that had that oh, wig. Oh, probably. You know. <laughs> probably. Um, so, yeah. So, so, really quickly, if we want to get crazy, uh, here is 2015 uh, movie releases. Okay. The Avengers Age of Ultron. Star Wars Episode 7, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Jurassic Park 4. That's what the other one was. Avatar 2, 
Terminator 5 and Finding Dory, the new Finding Nemo film, the next Bond film, Kung Fu Panda 3, uh, let's see, what else? The Fantastic Four reboot. Holy shit. Mission Impossible 5, Snow White and the Huntsman Part 2, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, uh, possibly, if he can get it done, the Man of Steel sequel. Uh, let's see, what else? So, in other words, it's going to be an extremely, extremely jam-packed year next year. Now, is that uh, everything just for summer, or is that just the whole year? Uh, I was just going through the big stuff. It's it's a It'll much get. longer list than that, but I was just kind of going through the big things that might affect some of our It'll interests. get broken up some. Like, okay, some so stuff cap, will get cap two. off, and some, like, like what happened with G.I. Joe Retaliation. It got pushed off. Right. So some things will probably have that situation where it looks like, hey, here comes, you know, whatever it might be. And, and they'll be like, wait, okay, if we release on the day we're supposed to release on, we're up against Avengers 2. We're not going to do that. So well, they'll push it off a few months to a year. You know what's good? Next year, Cap 2 is coming out in April because Spider-Man is coming out in that May 4th weekend. Right. So you're starting to see everything being pushed up another month. So, you know, instead of the mm. summer movies starting in June the way they used to be, they started in May when Star Wars came out. And now you're starting to see, you know, they'll be pushed up to April. So there's a chance that that maybe Avengers may show up in April. If that I ta- wouldn't buy that one. Well, Star Wars Avengers will, is Star going Wars to will open be wherever it wants. Star Wars will be <laughs> May eighteenth. That that within that week, you know, May eighteenth to the twenty something. No, right. the only reason I th- I think Avengers would be later is because they're also going to be more like well, the kids are out for summer, so a lot they of can kids do are Aveng- Aveng- Avengers I'm will sure. Avengers will either be late April or early May, and then you'll have Star Wars in late May. And you'll have Pirates of the Caribbean in June or July. I, you know, uh, I see what you're saying, but uh, I think that right now, I know there's a giant buzz around Star Wars, but there's also trepidation because we don't know what story we're going to get. We also don't know how the story is going to go. And let's be honest, the core audience is once bitten, twice shy with the episodes one, two, and three. So... If there is a juggernaut that is in the building that is going to throw its weight around and say, I'm opening this weekend, deal with it, it's going to be Avengers 2. Well, and you're going to, I, I, as much as it pains me to say this, you're going to see everybody else get out of its way. I, so if Star I, I, Wars I disagree, Episode 7 is like, if Star Wars Episode 7 is like, we're taking May 18th and Avengers goes, eh, that's our weekend, you're going to see Star Wars move before you see Avengers move. I, I disagree. Star, cause, and I've, noti- I've started noticing this now. Well, now here's Star here's Wars. Star Wars not- is becoming, once again, Star Wars is showing up everywhere. No matter what station I'm watching on television, there is a Star Wars reference in it now. That's because Disney owns most of them. <laughs> this was the other point that I was going to bring up. This is uh, this is honestly a completely moot point that we're talking about this because Disney is the parent company for both Star Wars and uh, Marvel, Marvel and the Pirates series. So they're going to put them out whenever the hell they want because it's all up to Disney. But they're also Dory is theirs because Pixar. Yep, Pixar. Pixar. 
Um, there was another. But what you're also what you're also not figuring out here is that some of that stuff. It, it, what could very possibly happen is you could, even though Dory might be a Summers type title, uh, you might see that come out later towards the fall or winter for like a Christmas or Thanksgiving release as yeah, a family film. That's very possible. So that's other stuff we're not taking into account. But I mean, uh, all four of those are owned by Disney. And if you look at this year, you had Marvel with Iron Man 3 and they also had Monsters University. Uh, Iron Man 3 came out in May and Monsters U came out in June or July. So yeah, the, it, yeah. it's it's Disney and they are not going to harm their own franchises. They'll put them out, space them out far enough that they can all get their own month of money. So, back to Comic-Con. Ethan, what was the big announcement that tickled your willy? Tickled, tickled my willy? Tickled your willy. Oh, okay, I'm done. I'm walking out. I'm leaving. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to hear about Wait, our what satellite feed my... just went out. <laughs> no, I, uh, like as Travis said, the, the Batman Superman was the big thing for me. Um, again, also like the, the Walking Dead trailer coming out, watching that, which, you know, I kind of... Um, made the mistake because i haven't seen season three yet so i kind of watched the season four trailer just so i can talk about it and it looks good in the way that the trailer is presented it makes it look like it's uh starting to follow a certain storyline through the comic book that was interesting enough to me so see and to me because you haven't seen season three yet so you you don't know how if or what was pulled from the comic book right whereas season four to me from seeing the trailer looks as though they are saying okay you know what the comic book can do whatever they want we're going to just do our own story now we we, we've tried to stay with some of the storyline from the book but now we are taking our own stand and no and you definitely see that like the it's more focusing on the um storyline of the characters and adding to that character development more than uh, well, I think that's been see. done before with the with the I mean the TV show and the comic book have diverted pretty oh, yeah, wildly definitely. on a few things by by themselves. Yeah, they have. So I mean they've they've already been and and Robert Kirkman has said in multiple interviews that he actually broke the TV show away from the comic book because he wanted the fan base that had originally read all the comic books to have a fresh new experience and not to know and expect what was coming. Right. He thought that would be dull and boring, whereas with this, they get to go off on their own thing. You never know what's going to happen. But what's nice is, though, they did manage... There were moments that they pulled from the comic book and put into the show that when you're looking at it, you're going, oh, my God, that looks so cool on the big screen. You know, Whereas there are things that are in the comic book there's no way in hell they can get away with putting on television. Oh, definitely not. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we had movies. Sticking on TV. This is going to be the part that you cut. <laughs> no. Sticking on TV, <laughs> though, one of the big, big shocking announcements, you know, obviously the announcement that Futurama is ending. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye, Futurama. But during the Simpsons 25th annual panel, 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 Panual. 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 There was an announcement that there is going to be a Futurama Simpsons crossover. The Planet Express ship will be landing in Springfield. Right. The footage is already being worked on. They don't know if it's going to be the season finale of this season or the season opener of the next year. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
we're going to be seeing Bender and Homer finally drinking Duff beer together. Right. I, I'm excited about this. I, I I honestly don't know how I feel about it. No, Futurama's been hit and miss since they've been bounced around from Cartoon Network to Comedy Central. But this last season, the last episode I just watched, which I haven't watched this past week's, but the se- the one before, they did a spoof on Saturday morning cartoons. Like the older ones, they did like a, a spoof on Strawberry Shortcake, on G.I. Joe, um, on... Um, uh, on Scooby Doo, and it was hilarious. I was, it was so funny. So I, I'm enjoying this last season that they're having. I'm, I was a fan of Futurama, so I mean, like, I watch because I'm a fan of The Simpsons as well. So I watch it just for the fact that I like both of them. Well, that's right. You were staying here at the house watching my dog while I was at Comic Con, and you watched <laughs> nearly the whole. No, I watched a few episodes of Futurama while you're gone, but yeah. I mean, like that's still I I still am really watching it. So, I'm like I said, I'll I'll sit down and I'll watch it, whether it's the season finale or season opener, just because it it looks interesting to me. So, um, one of the big announcements that came out of Comic Con as far as comic books is that IDW and BBC are separating. So, no longer will we have a Doctor Who comic book written from IDW. And this really sucks because Mark Wade was going to do a uh, a Doctor Who comic, which would have been amazing. But so I'm sad to see it, say that that's going to separate. Um, another big comic book news: the um, the uh, Superior Spider-Man from Marvel is seeming like it's going to continue on for a while, so we're not going to get P- Peter Parker back. As a matter of fact, as it jo- very much looked like they were promoting the hell out of it's. It's not only continuing; it's strong. Yeah, it, it is. It's one of their biggest things. Um, matter of fact, now you're going to have you know a. It's it, right now. July is Superior Spider-Man month, so you're starting to see some yes, new titles and come out. Marvel is pumping out emails to all its subscribers about get you know issue one and four and this and major events for Superior My- Spider-Man and get the new issue. I mean, like they are pumping Superior Spider-Man big time right now. Oh yeah, one of the somebody asked you know well, when are you gonna bring back Peter Parker and they went Peter Parker is dead. He's dead. Leave it alone. <laughs> Right, which I love which, because the, the right now Doc Ock as as Peter Parker is amazing. You know, you're getting a whole fresh take on it, and we're going to be getting later on. You know, coming up in the series, I think around October and November, we're going to have the Flash Thompson Venom taking on the Doc Ock Spider-Man, which is cool because you know there's been some tension in the past between Doc Ock and Flash. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Yeah, it looks like they're going to continue on the Superior Spider-Man arc for quite a while. And, and why not? Uh, but when they when they say to someone asking them, Peter Parker is dead, leave him alone, uh, I, I believe zero of that. Because <laughs> can you please tell me uh, more than one character ever in history who has died and stayed dead? No, I, I agree. That's, that's, the, that's the case. And, you know, anybody that's <laughs> read comic books, knows comic books or anything knows that when they say it, you take it with a grain of salt because he's going to be coming back at some point. And Somehow, usually, some way. Yep. And usually it's when the sales start to dip down, that's when they bring him back. <laughs> right. Um, it was like I remember when they first uh, did the death of Superman, 
how much sales have dropped that they ended up, oh, well, we'll just bring them right back. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, they they had a massive sale, like a sales boost for the death. Yeah. And then it just slowly declined until all of a sudden there were four supermen and they da 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 da. Oh my god! That well, was I think terrible. I think um, it was, was terrible. Not too long ago <laughs> online that somebody had they had mentioned that what superhero had stayed dead the longest? Ah, oh, nice. Can either of you guess? I don't know. Ethan's just shaking his head like we're on TV. They can see me, right? Travis, you got an answer? Nah, I got nothing. Bucky. Winter Soldier, Bucky. Bucky stayed dead longer than any other superhero in history. But he's also died quite a bit, too, and come back. No, he's only died... Technically, he's only died once. He died at the end of Fear Itself, but Mm -hmm. was immediately brought back. And so he's... he, He is hidden dead and i'm using my fingers as quotations here you know he he's supposed to be dead to the world but he's doing secret missions for shield basically mm. correct yeah but yeah he's one of he because he died you know back in you know well, i forget which cap number it was but you know back in the in the golden age of cap correct and didn't come back until winter soldier winter soldier was when he made his emergence yep so mm-hmm. and that was Brubaker, so you know, we'll have to see what goes on. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see. Uh, I'm no, I don't speaking know. of Captain America, real quick. I seen some of the new pictures and stuff for um, the new Cap, mm-hmm. and I'm. Are we talking comics? or Are we talking Winter Soldier? Cap, uh, okay, Cap, uh, Cap Winter Soldier movie. Okay, and I am so excited for this. They had some of the costumes and stuff on there, and it just looks amazing. And Winter Soldier is probably one of my favorite storylines and one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I you know I didn't like Bucky as Bucky. You know, not not in the movies as as a kid. You know, Bucky was more of a teenager to Steve's sidekick. You know, yeah. he, he was more of the Robin. You know, the younger kid that was a sidekick. Um, and then when he came back in Winter Soldier. It was, you know, he'd been fucked up. You know, he he replaced his his left arm with the, was it a vibranium arm, and you know they he was a, an assassin that had been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Of course, Correct. he was also long haired and you know just a sniper and things like that. So I guess that's one reason why I really like this character. But I'm so excited to see it come. You know, well, I mean, he did life. fall off the yeah. train in the last movie, so I would see, yeah, he would be pretty fucked up if <laughs> if he came back. Well, so. hell, in, in the comic book, he fell out of a plane exactly. and right. lost his arm. <laughs> you know, a plane's a little bit higher up than a train. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at how far he fell down, I mean, I'm not saying it's the same height, but he fell down pretty, quite a bit from... Although I'm curious to see what they're going to do because, you know, is it going to be... The Russians, or who are they going to have that's going to be the? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's the Red Skull, right? Well, in the in the book, it was the Red Skull. It's I don't, Red Skull. Yeah. I hope that they bring back the Red Skull for it, but I just don't know. Well, if Hugo Weaving pulled himself out of that party, didn't he? Right. Well, they don't really need him now because you know it's just going to be a man in a mask, anyways. Right. Yeah, they can make anyone look like him, as long as they can get a good actor to play it. I don't see any problem with it. 
So, yeah, Marvel had some big announcements. You know, um, one of the things that are is secretly going around is that there's possibly going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon on Disney XD. Really? Which I'm excited for. I That's hilarious. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. The new book is so good. If you're not reading it, you need to pick up this book. It's It's amazing. And to have them do they just had they just had um had the Guardians of the Galaxy guest spot on uh Ultimate Spider Man and it was really good. And I'd love to see them do their own show. Mm. Especially especially next year with the movie coming out. Which by the way, the the announcement and everything at the panel was just phenomenal. Yeah. Interesting. Batiste, they had Batista come out who's playing Drax to destroy. Yeah, that dude is huge. Holy shit, he that is huge. That dude is hulking big. I was like, fuck. You could so see that, you know, the green paint on him and the, with the red. You could say, yeah, I can see him as Drax. And the oh, great, totally. The great thing about him was, because I was thinking, oh, God, we're going to have a wrestler playing, you know. I know that The Rock does a great job, but... Hey, the Rock is, uh, to be honest, The Rock has turned out amazingly well, and I think he has broken the mold. Yeah. Uh, and I believe the that Bautista has tried doing acting before, and it isn't that it was, spectacular. Well, he, he well, was as, the, even as a wrestler, his acting wasn't that great, so I'm kind of worried. Well, he was the man with the iron fist. Yeah, in, but in, he didn't say anything. No, did he, he didn't say anything. <laughs> exactly. But when he came out and when they were introducing him and everything at the panel, he was very humble and you know, he was saying how he was he's very green as you uh, as you <laughs> He was actually extremely humble at the panel and he was thanking uh uh Gunn, yeah. the director, uh for all his help and guidance And then he all. said he's worked he's been working very hard at this and every day he comes on the set it's a new learning experience and that the other actors are just so good working with him and I thought I was like now I'm excited about him playing the part because I mean, I, you can tell he's really working hard for it Don't get me wrong you know he is a really nice guy by what but what I've heard uh his work ethic is you know great so I would like to see him succeed um just judging on like his acting experience, because you know me being a fan of wrestling, I've watched him. You're a, a fan of wrestling? No, no way. No. no. Did, I, did I say that? No. But um, just watching his acting and his, uh, I guess his wrestling ability in the ring. He Wait, just, are you saying that wrestling's fake? Is it? Did what? You it's, just, it's real to me. Damn it. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe anything anymore. I just don't know what's going. No, on it the is world. just like it. it he wasn't anything spectacular. He was just a big guy that would mow over people. And then, so, I mean, like, I'm interested to see how he does. I mean, I'm sure he can do a good job. He's not the reason why I would go see the movie, saying, like, oh, well, you know, I want to see him act this part. You know, he's going to be amazing. You know, it's not it's not going to be like that. But, I mean, if he does well, I mean, more power to him. You know, I'm, I'm happy that he's going into new venues other than wrestling. Really? I am. Well, no, the 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 Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like I said, I'm very excited for, and the panel made it even more, you know, exciting. It's just seeing the actors, who, by the way, had just gotten off of a plane from London because they just started filming ten days earlier, just got off the plane. Well, I think they were like two weeks in when they did the panel on Saturday. That's what I was saying. Yeah. They had just started filming ten days before, brought some footage, but literally had got off the plane, got into a limo or town car whatever came over to the panel to do the panel and and then hopped on planes to go back exactly <laughs> yep 
that right there, you know, is really cool. That you know, and shows you. That, well, I mean, that does show you how special Comic Con is. Yeah, and then you you wouldn't think that Marvel would miss an opportunity to try to get the buzz going, especially with a movie coming out next year, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you also have to remember, you know, Marvel is owned by Disney. Disney does have their D twenty three convention coming up um, August 9th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they're saying that that's where they're going to make all the Star Wars announcements. You know, there's going to be a lot of casting announcements. Sure. Um, which, by the way, I just read the other night or yesterday that uh, Ryan Gosling apparently went in to read for Star Wars. Well, and, that's interesting. And I God, I hope this is not true. Even though I know he separated himself from the Disney High School Musical days, but they Disney's saying they want Zac Efron in it. Up, oh, and I'm done. <laughs> and Star Wars is ruined. He's gotten, you know, Again. Zac Efron has become a good actor. I, strange to admit that. But you just I just like his boyish charm. I just, no, I don't want. You're just a fan of High School Musical. No, That's no. You I love just, it so much. I just, I don't want so people much. that well known in Star Wars. You know, I want, okay, I want. So you I'll want Zac Efron? I have no problem with Zac known Efron's actors being in Star Wars. I don't know. I, I don't want, want Zac, Zac Efron. Efron. Oh, okay. I don't want Zac Efron. I don't really want Ryan Gosling in it. I'll take uh, I'll take Ryan Gosling. Can I there, do there was a rumor that um, that Leonardo DiCaprio was either was, might have been in it. I'd take DiCaprio. I just I don't. Just not Efron. <laughs> Can I do it? No, no, you oh. can't. Actually, no. yeah, no, you totally could. You could totally yes. be like a Watto character. <laughs> Thanks. You're make welcome. Him, make him a Gamorrean guard. There you go. I'm not that fat. No, you're not that fat. You're not that fat. But come on, There's who doesn't the want a giant battle axe? But you do have that piggish look. Oh, man. Wow. So, anyways, back to Comic-Con. Wow. Um, on the cover of Comic-Con, the events guide this year was a TARDIS to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, the picture was actually designed by Brian Miller, who has done a lot of, um, done a lot of inking and art and stuff for... Um, you know, the different big publishers, Marvel, DC, IDW, things like that. Sure. <clears throat> I got the chance to meet with him and talk to him. And a Nerdables exclusive, he is going to be on one of our future podcasts. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Cool. He He's a really, really cool guy. And we got talking, you know, quite a bit about um, about his art and, you know, just the, the one image in particular with the, uh, with the TARDIS. And I actually picked up the, the print of it. Um, and it was really cool because he said that when he first did the, the art of, of this picture I'm talking about, which I'll put up on the website, um, he left it unfinished. So there's basically what it is. You have the TARDIS and you see a foot walking, in, you know, going into the door, which was the 10th Doctor. And he he said that when he decided to do this piece that it was right after the Tenth Doctor's regeneration and he was really upset about the regeneration because he loved the David Tennant character. Who doesn't? Right. Well, yeah, ex exactly. So he he did this piece and then uh, CCI, which is you know Comic-Con International, mm -hmm. came to him and said, hey, we want to put um, Doctor Who on the cover because it's the 50th anniversary so we would like you to commission a piece and he says I've got one for you already and it's this it's a beautiful beautiful piece that you know it has the 
It has the TARDIS. It's got you know, one of the Galfrey coins or uh, logos behind it. It written in Galfrey, and you know it's just it's a it's an amazing little piece. And I just thought it was really cool that, you know, in talking to him, he decided you know he said that he could come on our podcast. Which, by the way, I also talked to another artist, Livio Ramadali, who I have like several of his pieces on the wall, and he's actually commissioning a piece for Nerdables that we're going to be giving away later on this year. Um, he's going to come on the show as well. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have some cool things coming up in the future that came out of Comic-Con, which is another thing that Comic-Con is still good for. You know, driving this right back into where we should be and talking about Comic-Con, Comic-Con is still the place to network. If you're in the entertainment industry, if you're in the comic book industry, if you're in the toy industry, if you're in one of the industries that, you know, is related, which seems to be everything nowadays, it's the best place to go because you can network. You know, I know when we were talking in our uh, survival guide, we said that, you don't really go to the Comic-Con to meet celebrities or do things like that because, you know, you're not going to have that opportunity. And every time I say that, you know, and I get, I don't know if it's just because, you know, I do have a little bit more of an inside track than the average attendee, but I do have a, you know, every time I do go or think that I'm just going to go and be an attendee, somehow I end up starting to network and whatnot and make a lot of connections. You know, it's like, um, you know, last year I, I did a lot of stuff, you know, talked to some people and some, you know, bigger names I'm not going to name drop, but, you know, I was able to work out some things to get Nerdables going. And this year we're, you know, taking a little bit farther to make Nerdables even bigger by bringing on some of these artists and, you know, other people in the industry that, you know, people want to listen to, not just hear our mouths moving <clears throat> but yeah, you know, it, it, Comic Con was really cool. I one of the cool things that I got to do this year that I haven't done is I went to the uh, the Nerd HQ screening of Serenity, which hey, yeah, nice. I've seen a million times, but sitting in center field of Petco Stadium on the ground watching Serenity with about twenty five hundred to three thousand fans, you know, and Nathan Fillion doing commentary for the first five minutes. Nathan Philly and Alan Tunick doing comic uh, comedy, wow, comic commentary. That's the word I'm trying to get out. For the first five minutes of the film was amazing. You know, and seeing uh, Zachary Levi doing cartwheels in the grass <laughs> was cool too. But it was just it was such a cool experience. And then as we were all leaving, Nathan Fillion is uh, saying goodbye to everybody and talking to everybody as we're walking out, you know, off the field. That's cool. But oh, it was wild. It was so good. And it, watching Serenity that way with the fans and everything, it was like watching a new movie all over again. You know, it's just the excitement and, you know, when something would happen that you know is going to happen, and I'm not going to say it because if there's people that haven't seen the movie, which... Wait, sh- you're assuming somebody that listens to our podcast has not lis- uh, seen Serenity? There's people that are involved with our podcast that have not seen Serenity. And they're no longer on the podcast. <laughs> well, it's not that they're no longer on the podcast. They're just doing more of the behind the scenes stuff. No, they're just they're not they're not allowed <laughs> until they see it. <laughs> they're shunned. They're shunned. 
So well, it's funny for you to call it the like watching it for the first time, seeing how you've had it on what VHS, DVD, HD DVD, Blu-ray. You have it on your instant queue on Netflix. You have it on your DVD queue on Netflix. I can watch Serenity and the Firefly series anytime, anywhere. I mean, literally anytime, anywhere. Like you literally have it on. Any, I'm pretty sure you found a way to get it on Betamax just so you can have it on Betamax. I don't have a Betamax. Player. It doesn't matter. You still have it just in case. I don't even have a VCR anymore. I mean, who, seriously, who has a VCR? I do. I do. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I need to get one just so I can watch the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. I know why, right? So back to Comic Con. Um, yeah, this year it was pretty cool. I, I picked. Uh, I got to pick up um, a bunch of exclusives. Um, I went to the My Little Pony panel with my daughter. Sure you did. I did. Which your daughter wasn't there. <sighs> the My Little Pony panel is You're the, a brony. Listen, wait, <laughs> let me get this out because it's it's the the My Little Pony panel. Are you panel, talking about the redesign of the ponies? No, I'm just talking about the fact that the My Little Pony panel is not for little girls anymore. The My Little Pony panel the My Little My Little Pony in general is not for little girls anymore. My Little Pony is for the bronies. When we got into the panel, the so pan- for you, <laughs> the panelist asked if everybody could sing the theme song in unison, unison, and all you heard were male voices. Nice. Yeah, was pretty sad. Actually. You heard you heard grown men squealing like little girls when footage would come on, or one of the voice actors would start talking in the voice. It was. I'm sitting there and I looked over at my wife and I'm going, I'm missing. A DC panel for this? No, actually, I'm sorry. It was the Marvel. It was a Marvel television panel, and I'm like, I'm missing that for this. And she goes, Yeah, because your daughter's here. And you know, my daughter was excited, but you know, when it came to question time, they said, All right, everybody can line up for questions. Forty men stood in line, and maybe five little girls were in line. Yep. And luckily, and I, and I got to commend the guys that and and. My Little Pony for this, or the girls, or whatever. They allowed the little girls who had questions to move to the front of the line. That's what they should do. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, the little girls are asking these cute little questions and everything. And then the the guys are going, so, um, you know, I, I like this one character who's usually in the background. When can we make them more, you know, out in the front and give them their own show and everything? And can you do yeah, a spinoff? And... You know, when are you going to put out the uh, soundtrack for the for the TV show? <laughs> We're not going to be doing that. And I'm like, oh god, this is for little girls. That's it was when, that's when I would run down the aisle with my hand up, just smacking everybody in the face as I go. <laughs> Which that would be awesome. We you know we I stuck like around we stuck around in that room for the, the Monster High panel, and the Monster High panel was just the opposite. It was so cool because my daughter had dressed up like one of the characters. And you know my daughter's six, so she uh, she she was excited to be in the panel. And uh, when it came to question time, my wife's sitting there, and all of a sudden my daughter gets up and runs to answer to ask a question. And my my wife's going, "Wait, no, 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 wait, get back! What, what's she doing?" I'm like, "She just wants to go answer a question. Just chill out." And so she's dressed up as uh, Glia Yelps, who's a zombie, and she gets up there and she goes. You know, the, you, you hear all these little girls in front of her. They're going, uh, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I like, um, 
I like Draculaura. Okay, well, what's your question, sweetie? Um, that is my question. Um, that is my question. Uh, um, I, I, I'm so scared right now. I don't know what to say. Um, really? They actually said I'm so scared right now. I don't know what. to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It was, but it was you know, it was so funny and it was so cute. They're going, oh, I just don't know. And you know, they're like, well, talk up to the microphone, and they'd get close to the microphone, and they'd go, I'd like to, um, and they get really quiet because they get nervous with the microphones in their face. Sure. And they finally get so Arabella gets up there. And they said, okay, so, you know, who's your favorite? And who's, So uh, my favorite is uh, Abby Abominable and Gulia Yelps. And so, yeah, yeah, I'd like to ask a question. Um, how did Gulia become a zombie? And, you know, it's like, you know, they're, they're all of them are kind of looking at her like, um, wow, this little girl's way too comfortable with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> And she ended up winning a, uh, a a Monster High doll for her costume and because of her question. Nice. It, yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. But she just, you know. Who, who made the costume rich? Um, well, we ended up buying part of it and making the other part of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who made it? Rich stayed at home. Rich the made needle. the costume. And I did. sewing it together. Don't lie. I did. I, I'm actually going to make a costume. I'm going to finally dress up next year. I'm going to do uh, Winter Soldier. Okay. Like I, as soon as I can figure out how to do the arm and make it look good, I don't want to just you know spray paint my arm or put on some stupid looking piece of cardboard or something. I want it to look good and actually I want it to be metal, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, just get a suit or armor, ar- you know, arm and no, we can Done. figure it out. We can get you some sheet uh, sheet metal and get it fixed. But yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll just hammer it down to your arm. Mm-hmm. Comic Con. I do recommend anybody and everybody trying to go to Comic Con at least once because it is an amazing place to be. You know, you you get to to do so much, and if if you go there with the assumption of oh god, I gotta stand in line, or I'm never going to get into the panel I want, or you're gonna get in line at 11 p.m. on Friday to go to the Marvel panel on Saturday at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or or a lot of the what was happening was that, and th- you'd get in line, or you'd want to get like an exclusive. Like I really wanted to get the uh, Boba Fett black figure that Marvel or that uh, Hasbro had on exclusive because it came with the uh, um, Han Solo and Carbonite. Mm-hmm. And I was no, I wasn't able to get it. Arabella, oh. Arabella wanted the Monster High figure, and that was just insane. You know. Has or Mattel's got to change their policy on, especially that or a lot of their exclusives. They allow you to get up to six at a time, and what's happening is people are buying up all this stuff. To but that's not only Mattel; that's everyone. By what? No, Hasbro. Hasbro has limited it. You like the Boba Fett? You were only allowed to get one because Bandai. Bandai had an exclusive um, Green Ranger Morpher right. that they had there. And they were limited to a thousand pieces, and they were only selling like two hundred a day, going throughout the whole weekend. Right. And they had, um, I guess you can uh, you can buy up to five per person. And then which is also, terrible. Which is yeah. Terrible. When you when yeah. you allow to p- somebody to get that many, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Well, then Not apparently I was hearing what what was ending up happening was people were buying their s- allotment of five or six or whatever, and then they'd go back to their retail booth and right. put them up for double price. Yeah. yeah. That that's exactly what happens. I did. I saw one of the uh, collectors clubs that I follow on Facebook. 
this woman um, bought so much exclusive. She literally had a mountain of exclusives like Hasbro. She had 12 Monster High dolls. You know, she had it uh, the size of a minivan was sitting in her driveway of right. what she bought that she's turning around and reselling. Sure. And mm-hmm. I'm like, see, that doesn't that's not right. You know, when we got in line to get the Monster High, the f- the five people in front of us or, you know, whatever, all got six Monster High figures. And right. my daughter, who wanted one so she can open it and play with it, was told, sorry, we just sold out. Right. You know, luckily, luckily I got to talk to the right people and use some of my connections to get her one. But it's just like, you know, you can't you can't expect your core audience to go on eBay and spend two hundred dollars for one doll. Apparently they do. But but the problem is, how do you, you know, for me as a as a parent, how do I explain to a six year old that she can't get the doll because X amount of people in line in front of her, which, by the way, we got on the floor. The floor opened at 9. Um, the professional badges were not allowed to start. on. This is on Thursday. The floor opened at 9. The professional badges were not allowed to purchase from Mattel until 10.30. What they tried to do was with exhibitors and professionals and stuff like that, they didn't want them to be able to purchase and go right back to the booth and sell them even though that's what was happening. Right. You know, so they tried to say, okay, we're not going to, you know, anybody that is not a regular attendee cannot purchase before 1030. The problem was we were in line before 1030, and when 1030 hit, the doll was gone. So within an hour and a half, you know, their allotment of X thousand was gone. Yep. Right. Because you have people no, buying it up for collecting. The, and the only reason that this can still continues, or I shouldn't say the only reason, but one of the big reasons that this still continues is because people pay those prices to get them. As long as people continue to pay the prices on eBay and Amazon and wherever, it's going to continue. Yeah. Very true. I right. did get to pick up the uh, three and three quarter Doctor Who set. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Now I have a three and three quarter Dalek. Um, and Cyberman that can go with my Star Wars stuff. Oh uh, God! I want to do the you know the, the don't do the crossover. Don't do the. Crossover. I want to do the scene where you know the the where the Jawas are selling the droids to Luke and Ben or Luke and Owen. I want to set a Dalek and a Cyberman there so bad. I think it'd be so cool. No comment. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> what, what else did I pick? A up? no comment and an okay. Um, I picked up a couple statues, and I got a Joker statue and a Jaina Solo. Oh, uh, did you get the – which Jaina did you get? The, I, Bisho, the Bishoju? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, which is cool because uh, apparently when I was talking to the guy, they they did, recently did a redesign on it. So she looks oh, like, really? Yeah, so, so it looks like she's um, got the lightsaber floating in her hand, like in the uh, like in the promo pictures that they did, instead of – uh, when they first came out, they just had the lightsaber hilt laying in her hand. So, Interesting. Okay. So I got yeah, which I'm glad I waited now to get the the redesign. Um, then I got a um, um, one of the Square Enix productions of the Dark Knight Joker. Comes with mm. three heads and two different hands. Right. Uh, it's just sculpted so beautifully. Um, what else did we pick up? Um, I got the exclusive Firefly gold uh, keychain. 
Uh, I almost got John Berman to hold the Dalek in, my, in his hand because I started to do a uh, Dalek's Day Out, taking pictures of the Dalek in different places, the three and three right. quarter, uh, which, by the way, on our Facebook page has seemed to be a hit. So I may end up doing it its own fa- uh, fan page. But I almost got I almost got Barman to hold it and you know take a picture with it. But unfortunately, you know his line grew too long and he had to get back to it. It happens. That would have been so cool to get because uh, no, it's just funny. Is because um, earlier in the the week we had been walking down the uh, one of the corridors and Barman was walking right beside us the whole way. You know, and of course, you know if you don't know who John Barman is, you're not a geek. Uh, John Barman was Captain Jack Hark. Wow, let me wow. Let me hawk up that right. Let's not try that again. Captain Jack Harkness on Doctor Who and Torchwood. He also plays Merlin on uh, Arrow, and he was in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yes, sir. You know, as one of the senators, I believe. But yeah, you know, John Barman, Barman is a—he's a major nerd, great actor, and really cool guy. But yeah, he—he he was uh, walking down. He was so funny. It's because he had his handlers with him, and they weren't letting anybody get near him. But it was—it was cool. My my daughter's going, oh my god, that's that's he's on Doctor Who, and John turned around, looked at him, and goes, hi. <laughs> she was like, oh my goodness, and she was so excited. Um, but yeah, you know, Com- Comic Con is such a cool place to be, and I can't wait for next year. Hopefully, you both will be there next year, and we'll, we can do some nerdable stuff. Yeah, if we can get my uh, credentials correct this time. Well, we can get that's your own fault. Uh oh. Hey, we'll discuss Uh-oh. that later. This discussion again. But you know, next year, next year, what I want to do is I want to do a live uh, podcast from there if we're all there. Nice. Uh, yeah, because this year I, I wanted to do something this year. Are we Are we still doing the show right now, or are we just talking? No, we're doing the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still doing the show. <laughs> no, um, this year I wanted to do something, but I was just in such pain that. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. You had you had uh, uh, pieces of wood stuck up inside your nose cavity. Yeah, it was it was not fun. That's so. not any different than a normal Tuesday. I oh, know, but, but it is. This it time is. it wasn't for pleasure. Uh, wow. So anyway, I'm derailing this show right there now. Is, yes. Um, anything else that you guys learned at home about Comic Con? Oh, you know, Travis, you did you. Uh, I was standing in the Xbox booth and had no idea that they were giving away an Xbox. They weren't making any announcements or anything. Yeah, it was uh, tweeted out by a couple reps of uh, Microsoft. And uh, if you had gone to the Xbox lounge, which was at uh, one of the hotels over in the gas lamp, or if you visited the Microsoft booth on the actual show floor, uh, you could enter to win the new Xbox One. Right, and I was standing there in the Xbox booth when you texted me that, and I didn't even, they never, no one had said anything. I had no idea. But I did get to play the Xbox and the PlayStation. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know which one is better. I know that the Xbox controller felt really nice in my hand. Did the PS4 controller feel any better? Because um, it is bigger and fatter and thicker. It, it Yeah, it did feel a little bit bulkier, you know, than what it had. Um, right. The triggers are a little bit different. Um, but in yeah. a good way or a bad way? It's just, it, overall, it's just, you know, you got to get used to it again. 
Whereas the Xbox controller, because it is basically the same controller, you know, it's just been tweaked a little bit. It when you pick it up, it feels like an old friend. You know, Aww. I know. Um, I can say that Rise, Son of Rome. Oh my God, that game is amazing. It looks and plays so nice. But is it just a bunch of film sequences that you press one button for, or do you actually get to control them? No, you get to control them. It, it's it plays a lot like the first God of War. Ah. Which you know, I mean, it it, it just when you pick it up, that's what it it has that feel to it. You know, when you're you're running into um, a group of people, you know, and you're just slaughtering them, and you know, full 3D cam or uh, 360 camera, so you know you can continually spin around and fight villains or bad guys coming at you from whichever. Villains, way. you say? Villains, I say. So Comic Con 2013 was a epic event. There was a, seriously, there was so much going on. It was so nice that they they seemed to include the other hotels, you know, right in the vicinity. Um, as far as part of the convention floor, you know, you had a lot of panels in the Hyatt, in the Hilton, in the Marriott. And, and there then, was stuff going on at the uh, San Diego Padres ballpark too, wasn't there? Uh, uh, Nerd HQ was, had taken over half of the um, the Padres Stadium, which is you know Petco Park, and they had um, the Walking Dead experience. You know where you oh that was up again where you could run from the zombies. They did it where you know it was um, they two nights, so they did it from five to ten p.m. You know, so it wasn't going on the whole you know the whole time this time. Um, and then the Gaslamp District just had so awesome. much going on, and you know that's what's sure, cool. But it's cool that they brought it back. Yeah, cool. Comic Con is expanding outside of the convention center. You know, and then also in the in the uh, in the marina they had a uh, pirate ship for the uh, Assassin's Creed Four. Uh, yeah, I heard about that I heard for Black Flag. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, you because know, you know, of course, I'm into pirates, so it was nice. You having... are. I know, right. That's a newsflash for the world. You're into pirates? Yeah, we're going to cut your satellite feed in just a second if you keep that up. Perfect. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, to wrap up Comic-Con 2013, it was it was really cool, you know. Every another, year another another amplification to the amazement that is the crazy that is the epic well, Comic-Con. Yeah, every year I find another reason to come back, you know, and we seem to to do a little bit more, get a little bit more involved. And, you know, it's it just, it, it's so much fun. It's such a great experience that everybody should try at least once. Do it. Do it. So, as always, if you're wanting to follow us, please go to facebook.com backslash nerdables. Yes, I'm cutting right into our extensions of our family. And if you're going to go on to Twitter, you can follow us at nerdables show and go to our our nerdables.com because we have all the latest news that nerds love to know. Nerds love to know. Yeah, anyways. Sure. Anyways, I'm R.A. Rain for Ethan Benjamin and via satellite Travis Jones. I say have a nerdy week. Another terrible, terrible catchphrase. Fuck you. <laughs>